0: Welcome to A Dummy's Guide to Geekdom, the show that tries to give everyone a crash course in geek culture. Whether you're trying to understand some trends, know enough to start a conversation with a friend, or you just want to know what on earth we're babbling about. We are here for you. I am your super dummy, Paul, and I am joined by the terrific Matt B. Lloyd. Hello, sir.
1: Hello. Thank you for that terrific introduction. Indeed.
0: and yes, that is, I mean, I don't know why I say this. What What are we here to talk about? Because people know what we're talking about because it's in the, it's like, it's in the title. You would have seen what we're talking about, everyone. But just for the people who haven't seen the title, Matt, who are we talking about?
1: <laughs> well, I am happy to say we are talking about Mr. Terrific. And just so you know, there are two Mr. Terrifics to discuss.
0: Yes. Now I have to say, I know zero about Mr. Terrific. Um, So I, yeah, I got nothing. I did some basic research just so, you know, I could pretend I knew something. (laughs) I know, I know he's from DC comics.
1: There you go. That's a start.
0: Yeah. That, um, you know, otherwise Google told me a few other things, but you're going to tell me a hell of a lot more. Um, that's the plan. Yeah. (laughs) Who who is Mister Terrific? Where? Just yes. Who? What?
1: How? Well, since there are two, we're going to start with the Golden Age character because the modern character is obviously a legacy character to the original. So we got to start at the hmm. beginning, right? So yeah. the first appearance of the first Mister Terrific was in <laughs> Senta- Sensation Comics number one, cover date January nineteen forty two. Um, I actually did an episode of my show about a year ago on well. At least at the time of this recording, I don't know when this is actually going to be airing um, uh, about Sensation Comics number one and went through a lot of stories. So I actually discussed that story in that uh, in that episode, he was created by Charles Reisenstein and Hal sharp and that's the basics of his very uh, his, his, his first appearance. Uh, I probably encountered him in the 70s or 80s in one of the Justice League, uh, Justice Society crossovers, uh, or maybe an issue of All-Star Squadron. Uh, He's one of the lesser known members of the JSA in the Golden Age. He actually only appeared in one JSA tale in the Golden Age, and that was All-Star Comics number 24. Um, He did, however, last for 63 issues of Sensation Comics. I mean, um, so what's his
0: deal? Well, as you can tell, I know nothing. Um, where do we start with him? Do we get a, a story with him straight away? Is he just thrown into the deep end? Wow, How does he start?
1: Well, his first story is actually his origin story. So it's a good place to start. Oh, here we go. This is a, I'll try to quickly go through this and hit the high points here. Um, years ago, it starts out years ago um, when he's a teenager or a kid. Um U.S. Uh, Naval Headquarters picks up a uh, uh, um, uh, an aeronautics design uh, by a young Terry Sloan, who is going to be Mr. Terrific. Uh, he's, they select this design over hundreds of others, uh, and it's attributed to his genius intellect. Uh, they review his plans the officer left with the plans it was ambushed by two men in suits terry rushed out and beat up the two attackers who were later arrested uh, throughout the, his life due to his level of intelligence terry sloan would have no friends uh, excel at chess skip 12 grades from kindergarten to college only to receive an honorary degree after one year uh, win five events in, uh, in one day uh, in an athletic competition when he became an adult he was placed in charge of the largest plant uh, of a of a Uh, company that he worked for some of the stuff is is vague at times they don't give all the details in these old stories uh as terry continued to succeed at everything he felt jaded he was driving home on a bridge considering killing himself this work gets really dark um Mm. so he's contemplating suicide because everything comes so easily to him he doesn't really feel he has to to work for anything um so he's driving home and he sees a young woman jump off the bridge into the water he immediately jumps in and saves her. Uh, Her name is Wanda Wilson, and she explains that she jumped off because uh, her brother Billy had joined a gangster named Big Shot. Uh, Later, Terry dressed up in a costume and appeared to the Purple Dagger Club, drawing away boys from Big Shot. Then Terry found Big Shot's headquarters and beat him uh, and his goons up as the boys watched. So the boys had uh, idolized these gangster types, and he wanted to show them there was a different way that you don't want to idolize the gangsters and follow in their footsteps. Uh, He ends up saving the the girl's brother uh, and getting him out of that life. Um, Terry refuses to tell the boys his real name uh, but was nicknamed Mr. Terrific by these boys. Uh, The next day the boys formed the Fair Play Club with Mr. Terrific. uh, And that's where he gets his name and his motivation.
0: Wow. So he was just someone who found himself at the right place, right time and kind of more out of the need of doing something got involved.
1: Yeah. He, he felt uh, he was ready to kill himself. I mean, that's pretty dark for a a comic book origin, Uh, but that that'll actually end up having even deeper uh, resonance with the second version of the character we're going to talk about. So yeah, he just, he's, he realizes there is something he can do with his life. He shouldn't feel jaded. Uh, he shouldn't feel like there's, there's nothing for him to do because he can see how he can have an impact uh, on others who are, who aren't as, I guess, naturally gifted in intelligence. Cause uh, uh, I know you, we're going to ask about powers and skills, but it seems the appropriate time to say that he has no superhuman powers, but he was a master martial artist an Olympic level athlete and a genius intellect, um, photographic memory, uh, allows him to remember important clues and information. So he's just like, a he's, he's a Batman type in that sense. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's just a, but his motivation is, is very different. It's not about, it's about giving his own meaning life as opposed to, um, uh, you know, trying to help others so they yeah. don't experience the same things Bruce Wayne does. It's it's about he, he's lost so many of life because everything is so easy and he needs something to do to, to motivate him. And thankfully, it's something good.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Wow, blimey. So, yeah, as you say, he sounds sort of like a Batman type of person. I mean, does he how does he sort of portray himself? I mean, does he use like, as you say, Batman ish, but Bruce uses all his money to kind of give himself the ways, the means, how, uh, how does not, Terry kind of go around it?
1: Not, not so much as that. He's more of a, here. Uh, hair. I, I put on this gaudy colorful costume. Cause he's like red and green and yellow. And he's got a big, <laughs> uh, uh, emblem right in his abdomen that says fair play. Uh, and he's more of a, a gaudy, colorful figure that is, you know, just sort of jumps in headlong and beats up people, <laughs> <laughs> and tries to figure out what's going on, you know, with the intellect aspect. But it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing quite so involved as Batman with all the money. the The, the setup is very different. Uh, it's more, I think, about. That particular motivation we talked about, as opposed to uh, all the gadgetry and stuff that we get with Batman. Batman developed differently as far as uh, what his character would be like and mm-hmm. grow into. Whereas Mister Terrific is, uh, you know, he was he was a lesser character, so they didn't end up doing a lot. What 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 I learned when I was doing the uh, uh, research on Starman, you remember. The Starman oh, yeah. episode we did um, like they would sometimes throw a lot behind a character and try to push them and if they just weren't catching they would stop and then the stories would sort of go to lesser writers and artists and stuff and it just wouldn't be as uh, that, it wouldn't put the effort forth so I think as a lesser character from the beginning you know Wonder Woman was headlining Sensation Comics uh, and That was the big star, that book. So they weren't pushing another character in that comic. It was just, let's fill these out. We get some good response to Mr. Terrific. So he's going to stick around. But he never got the kind of response like Flash or Green Lantern did to get their own comics, uh, which were the, you know, like in the golden age, you know, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman had their own comics. The only other two were Flash and Green Lantern, you know, all the other solo characters, DC had were only in anthologies they didn't have their own comic so mm. there are a lot of characters that could have there are a lot of characters we know today more so from what they were done in the silver and bronze age as opposed to uh, the fact that they had a high profile in the golden age like all the whole high profile characters from the golden age still have high profile today at least DC at least yeah, um, yeah. You know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, even though they're different versions, you know, um, even Aquaman and Green Arrow have a higher profile than a Mr. Terrific or uh, probably maybe even Hawkman, you know, or somebody like that. So.
0: poor of Mr. Terrific. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like he was just basically his whole shtick was he would find himself in places where he can help. And so he just did.
1: Yeah. And I think the whole fair play thing was about, you know, people getting a fair chance to, to use their, their talents. You know, he, he had all these talents and uh, uh, abilities that most people didn't. And they just came to him naturally. It just, it just happened. So, you know, he, he didn't want to see like a kid be, uh, you know, pulled into a gang And, you know, lose their chance to sort of find themselves as opposed to being turned into something else by someone else, especially with nefarious means.
0: Hmm. Um, So those appearances that you mentioned, um, was that kind of it for Terry?
1: I think that that's it for the golden age. Yeah. Yeah. He's in those issues of sensation comics and the one issue of uh, all star comics. Oh. Well, that's a
0: shame. Kind of a a fizzle.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely a lesser known Golden Age character. And if they, if it's one of those things, if they hadn't revived uh, uh, the whole Golden Age characters with the Earth 2 concept in the 60s, we wouldn't mm. have any sort of, we probably would not remember him at all. He would just be, oh yeah, he was in the back of that Wonder Woman comic kind of a thing, and that's, you know, that's how he'd be remembered.
0: Mm.
1: But as, uh, as things progressed uh, in the 70s or the 60s, when they brought the, the Golden Age characters back, the Justice Society back, he does show up as one of the uh, uh, members coming out of retirement, uh, first in Justice League of America, uh, 37 and 38 in that crossover with the with the uh, Justice Society. Uh, and then another – the next key issue for Terry Sloan is Justice League of America number 171, and he dies. Oh, Uh, he's the, he's the first, (laughs) uh, he's the first JSA member to die actually. So this is the seventies where, you know, comics became a little more realistic. The stories Mm. were more complex and uh, he dies at the hands of a a, a character named uh, the spirit King who was creative and retroactively added to Terry's Rogues gallery he was not originally created in the 40s although he is portrayed as a longtime enemy of of mr. terrific and so yeah. he ends up uh, dying Oh well that's sad
0: I mean is it a uh, he's kind of dead but a couple of months later hello again or is that kind of it for him
1: He is physically dead but we see him as a ghost in a number of appearances later on, uh, okay. mainly due to his connection to, uh, the second Mr. Terrific.
0: Ah, so moving on from there, then is that, is that kind of the next notable bit then when we get the second Mr. Terrific?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and this, this character's name is Michael Holt. And he first appeared in the specter volume three, number 54, uh, june 1997 uh he was created by john astrander and tom mandrake and i remember reading this comic because the specter was one of the comics i was reading at the time and uh so i i got him in the moment as he was first appeared uh you know not cool. knowing if it would be a uh something that worked or something that didn't work because uh, you know periodically dc would create new versions of their golden age characters in order to maintain the, the copyright and such and to, the le- legacy is a big thing with, with DC. I'm sure after so many episodes of superheroes for dummies hearing, you know, how many star men there are, how many, you know, <laughs> yeah. flashes there are, how many green lanterns and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Legacy they, is they, big.
0: Yeah. They like to keep some names around. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they do. They do. And I'm one of those fans that really likes that. I really like the legacy. I really like uh, uh, having that because it, it's it's like real life. It gives you the opportunity to have characters grow old, die, get married, have kids, retire, whatever, you know. Um, and in some cases you have, you know, legacy characters that are of equal importance to their originals uh, like a flash kind of thing. Like I think uh, the flash, I think Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, Wally West. It's hard to think about the flash now without thinking of all of them, at least for me, Um, but they all have their important moments uh, and their important contributions to comic book lore. Um, I would say in the case of Mr. Terrific, this is a case of the legacy character becoming much more important and popular than the uh, first one ever did.
0: Okay. So how does how does Michael get involved then? As it's a specter comic, I imagine it's going to be it's not going to be straightforward.
1: Well, I guess it's not 100% straightforward, but it is uh it has a dark element to it as well, which uh in my opinion ends up adding something wholly different to Michael Holt's character that is is quite unique. Um, At a varying age, Michael Holt uh, showed remarkable intelligence. So we have the intelligence aspect again uh, Mm. in reading and assimilating the works of uh, scientists like uh, Bohr, Einstein, Planck, and Feynman, uh, a pantheon of theoretical physics, as Mm. Wikipedia tells me. Um, (laughs) He grows up with a mentally challenged older brother, Jeffrey, whom he loved dearly. uh, And Jeffrey dies at the age of 12, and he is devastated. Um, and he goes on in life to become a uh, Olympic decathlete uh, and obviously a very smart man As life progresses he gets married and then theres a night his wife is pregnant she and the unborn child are di- die in a car accident and so Michael Holt is devastated. Uh, He considers himself responsible for the accident as he made his wife late for church by arguing with her about the value of religion. So we have set up here a woman who is a uh, a Christian and Michael Holt, who is an atheist. And it sets up a whole whole thematic quality to his character and his stories. Uh, So – like Terry Sloan, he begins contemplating suicide. Right. Uh, however, instead of some random girl jumping off a bridge to stop him, the character, the specter intervenes. Now, do you know who the specter is?
0: I know bits and pieces. He's one of these older characters that right. just seems to be connected to everything.
1: Yeah. He is, quickly uh he was a police officer who was shot and right, that was it the voice of god it's implied it's the voice of god comes to him and says i'll give you another chance at life but you have to do these things for me to help me do this and so he ends up being sort of like an on earth enforcer for god but not like a, in a mobster kind of way um hmm. but he takes no prisoners the specter takes no prisoners uh very often he's uh it, later on it's Turned into he is the uh, like Old Testament wrath of God uh, embodiment of that. But anyways, he's not all uh, fire and brimstone. Uh, The specter comes to Terry Sloan and he tells him or uh, he comes to Michael Holt and tells him about Terry Sloan. The Golden Age Mr. Terrific, who had the same sort of crisis with suicide. And he showed him how Terry Sloan came to find a way to make his life meaningful, despite feeling like he was at his lowest point. And mm. so that's where Michael Holt decides to take on the name, Mr. Terrific, and follow in his footsteps.
0: Interesting. So it's more, he doesn't sort of immediately jump into doing Mr. Terrific things. He's convinced that he could do good in the Mr. Terrific lane.
1: Yeah, it takes, uh, it takes the Spectre intervening and trying to – do the whole thing bad things happen to good people sometimes you know the lord works in mysterious ways and at the same time saying here's an example of someone else who was in a very similar situation emotionally and was prepared for suicide and here's what he did Hmm. instead
0: Hmm. so how does he then grow into the character then how does he find his mr terrific this way
1: (laughs) terrificness. <laughs> well, he, he is able to use his intelligence and his the company he, he the technology company he runs to get a lot of gadgets and uh, technology that he uses. Okay. Um, and he uh, heavy reliance on science and scientific uh, kind of stuff. Um, there's a whole list of powers, abilities, and skills and stuff that um, we we can go over in just a second. But he pretty quickly gets pulled into the justice society of America and the, uh, and ends up really having the vast majority of his stories taking place as part of the team uh, on the justice society.
0: So he seems more guided in what he's doing.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. He, there's definitely a lot more, I guess, directed motivation for him. Hmm. Um, he is uh, has a natural aptitude for having natural aptitudes, picking up complicated <laughs> skills quickly and retaining them. Uh, he's performed emergency surgery after reading the procedure in a textbook. Uh, oh, wow. And his talent, he says, is learning. Uh, Holt is known as the third smartest man on Earth. Uh, he's aided by his T spheres, which are floating robot- robotic spheres with multiple functions. They can. They have holographic projection, uh, project a laser grid, they record things, they can communicate, they can link with, with and manipulate other electronic devices, uh, from anything from satellites to electronic locks, uh, and they allow him to fly by bearing his weight and can be used as weapons as well. Uh, they respond to his mental and vocal commands. He once described them as curious, uh, implying that they possess an AI. He is invisible to all forms of electronic detection. This is uh, tied to nanotechnology woven into his specially shaped uh, T-mask. So he has like a T that goes across his eyes and down the middle of his face. Uh, okay. It's molecular bonded to his face and can appear and disappear at will. Uh, through his mask, Hulk, Hulk can change instantaneously into costume and back again. His mask also protects his face from chemicals. Uh, he is a black belt in six different uh, martial arts disciplines, and as I said before, an Olympic gold medalist in the decathlon. He is a polymath who is has specialized in multiple fields of medicine, engineering, and science. He possesses 14 PhDs, uh, including engineering and physics, and he has doctorates and master's degrees in uh, law, psychology, chemistry, and political science and mathematics. He is a self-made multimillionaire with a high-tech firm called Cyberware which was subsequently sold to Wayne tech. So Batman owns it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Trific is one of the three main superheroes with medical training in the DC universe. Uh, he is also a polyglot. I uh, meaning he can speak uh, multiple languages that the extent has not been uh, revealed, but he's been shown to speak uh, different ones in uh, different comics, including the languages of Kandak and Biala to uh, fictitious Uh, cities or countries in the DC universe. Mm.
0: Wow. So they found quite a few ways to get around the fact that he doesn't actually have superpowers by giving him basically superpowers.
1: Yes. They gave him super intellectual (laughs) powers. Yes. And it really is a build off of the original Terry Sloan. You know, he was super intelligent and he developed some kind of plan for the Navy and all this. And they have him, they build off of all of that to make Michael Holt more, uh, more, more rounded and more, more, more developed. I Maybe mean, not more rounded, but certainly more, more fully developed as far as the extent of his abilities and uh, his technology that he uses and stuff. So.
0: Hmm. So how does he? How does he progress then? Do do we see much more of him? Then we did the original. Does he get many storylines?
1: Yes. Like I said, he is in the Justice Society for years. He is uh, mm. uh, he's their leader at one point. Uh, he develops lots of relationships. He generally plays well with others, but at times doesn't because of his, uh, his being an atheist. So he even despite the fact that there's a character named the Spectre who is supposed to be an emissary from God, the Judeo-Christian God, he still has issues with um, believing in, in that sort of thing. Uh, one of the characters in the uh, Justice Society is uh, Dr. Midnight, and this is the third version of Dr. Midnight. So not the Golden Age, not the Bronze Age Beth Chapel who we see on the Stargirl TV show, but one that came after uh, him. Uh, and his name is escaping me right now, but I know he's from another country and i can't remember his name i'm sorry about that to, I, it might pop in my head mm. uh he is actually in canon a catholic so they butt heads on <laughs> religion and that sort of things but in a friendly ish way um right. to the point that he actually will like wants to take him to church to show him you know there's something real here. It's not just something we've made. You know what I mean? Uh, So that's an interesting uh, dynamic with the people on his team. Um, He also had his own eight issue series at the beginning of the new 52. Uh, He was one of the characters that got a, a solo series that had never had a series before, but it, it was not really well received because there was no sort of context to him. It was just, it just didn't feel like it. It came off as well as it could have. I think right. uh, how he was used after that was was much better. Now realize when they did that, he had been a mainstay of the Justice uh, Society for like ten years, and like I said, their leader. So he was a main player in the Justice Society comic that had been running since uh, around the time of his introduction, uh, and uh, so with the Justice Society going away in the new 52 they wanted to keep him around and uh it's probably important to mention michael holt is an african-american character um okay one of those really good uses of legacy to bring in inclusion uh Hmm. and he uh so they wanted him around but without having a more any more context it didn't make sense why is he mr terrific how does how does his origin work anymore if there wasn't a golden age mr terrific to be inspired by um which is one of the probably reasons some of his initial motivation doesn't really come across real well in that 52 solo series but it's important to mention because it's out there and then uh after that he shows up in the terrifics uh a, a comic named after him obviously uh in a uh another separate uh, DC publishing initiative called the New Age of Heroes. This was a, a, a around the time it's been like five years now, I think, close to five, at least about five years ago now. Uh, and uh, just after rebirth, after rebirth. Um, and with this initiative, they actually took the idea of doing, Marvel analogs. So you had a bunch of series that were new and launching, and all but one of them was a mar- analog to Marvel characters. Had a character right. called Sideways that was supposed to be Spider-Man. Damage that was the Hulk. Uh, the other ones, the Terrifics, are supposed to be the Fantastic Four, or at least a riff on a Fantastic Four type of uh, a team. Um, right. And it was actually the best of those of those series uh and had the most had the greatest longevity to it It lasted for 30 some issues where i don't think anything else lasted past maybe 15 at the most um it it it, it was the best uh and it continued to use the things that made mr terrific uh unique his uh his feelings about Uh, religion and atheism his inability at times to work with others not having a real personable uh uh uh, relationships uh on the team you've got plastic man who's like a goofball you've got Mm -hmm. miss metamorpho uh mr terrific of course and uh a uh a current version of phantom girl from the legion of superheroes so they all obviously have some fantastic four uh analogs but it, it ended up being just a great series and in that part of the thing one of the things they do is they go to a uh a parallel earth and on this earth things are reversed instead of his wife dying in the car accident mm. he died in the car accident and his wife becomes Ms. Terrific or Mrs. Terrific because they're married she's Mrs. Terrific and so he sees he's reunited with his wife in a way Mm. and there's just a great push and pull between them because he's like he's falling in love with this other version of her even though he knows it's not the same one you know and it's very Mm. compelling and Part of that, he has to deal once again with you know her her belief in in, in a god and his atheism, and it's really quite compelling. But the the, the, the camaraderie they actually build between the team members and uh, the development of his character of learning to work with these other characters that are so personality wise different from him, uh, it's just a great exploration of character and, and uh, how people relate together as, as friends and colleagues and how once again, you can work with people and be friends that you aren't exactly maybe most suited for, but mm-hmm. finding the importance in each person's, each person's character. And and by the end uh, you know, I said it was like the fantastic four. So it's like a, like a dysfunctional family kind of unit. That's the, the idea they're going for, but by the end, they seem to be a much more functional family unit than, uh, Mm. than maintaining that trope for too long.
0: Wow. Certainly sounds like one of those characters they've tried to do a lot of different things with. They've tried to sort of stretch their legs a little bit to see what they can do.
1: I I think they want to keep him around. I think he's a, a good character. I think he's interesting. I think, uh, he could he would be really interesting i think as a inclusion in a movie he'd be very, i think he'd be very different i think he's unique not just because of what he does with the gadgetry and stuff but the whole personal thing with uh science versus science and math and fact versus religion and faith and belief um there's a lot you could do with that especially if he's uh paired with a character who is the opposite um hmm. sort of things like there's a, a lot of stories you can uh grand ground you can cover with the themes of uh you know seeking and searching and finding one place one's place in the world that could be expanded into other areas and not just his particular story.
0: Hmm. Well, so uh, where does he stand sort of currently? Is there anything going on currently with him that people can look out for?
1: Well, the at the time of this recording, the, uh, the Justice Society is about to make a comeback uh, in the comics. Ah. So I am anticipating he'll be part of that. Uh, so that's where I would look for him next. Currently, I am not aware of anywhere he is currently published. Um, oh, yes, I am. I know exactly where he is. I just remembered, but he hasn't been had an appearance in a while. He is currently uh, one of the uh, uh, supporting characters in the Flash comic. Wally West is actually actually working for his company uh, in the comic. He hired Wally okay. as a employee of the company, and since he knows Wally West is a Flash, Wally gets whatever leeway he needs to suddenly run out at a meeting or or whatever um, to take care of Flash things. So he is he's not. Uh, In the comic, every issue, but he is one of the regular supporting characters. At least he has been uh, for a little while. But currently, the Flash is uh, dealing with his own mess after this Dark Crisis on Infinite earth thing is going on. So, and I'm sure he's in that thing too. But I decided I would avoid that event (laughs) for event fatigue that has set in over the past, you know, umpteen years.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Brilliant! He sounds like a great character. He is. I, I really, mean, would...
1: I really like him. I really like him a lot. And I, uh, the terrifics made me really love him. I've always liked him. The terrifics made me love him.
0: Yeah. So, if you were to say to people, seek out one thing, it would it be that?
1: I would say yes. I would not tell you to seek out the solo series from the New Fifty Two. Unfortunately, I would say get the terrifics, and it is. Uh, it's probably collected in five trades now. I think five or six trades i can't remember okay uh, how many there were i was buying them uh you know individually issues as they mm-hmm. were going along but uh the last uh i think there's five or five or six trades so i would go with that probably the best place to see him uh and if you could track down that first appearance from the specter and those issues that explore his origin uh when he first mm-hmm. comes around those are good too and you know the jsa stuff that over the years he appears in is, is, is good stuff too. So it's, uh, but if you're going to go for one, let's go for the terrifics.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Sounds good to me. I mean, it sounds like one of those characters is worth seeking out because they, they obviously want to do something with him. So they're trying different things that they wouldn't necessarily do otherwise. And I like it when they do that, because it means that they're giving things a go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I think, uh, I think he should be uh, – They should get him in a movie. Um, mm. I think uh, he actually would have been better for Black Adam than what they gave us with Hawkman. Some of his – some of the traits that they have – some of the aspects of the Hawkman character in the movie are uh, Michael Holt traits, the tech, that kind of thing. At one okay. point, when he jumps out of the airplane, he's wearing like a leather jacket that looks exactly like Michael Holt's Mr. Terrific jacket. <laughs> um, oh, wow. The actor that they have playing uh, Hawkman is a dead ringer for Michael Holt. A dead ringer for Michael Holt. Huh. So it, it almost, I almost wonder if they just tried to merge two characters uh, to get some of this and some of that. Um, I, mean, I mean i only know this from trailers and spoilers i haven't actually seen the movie but the uh the trailers and spoilers that i have come across uh lead led me to those those ideas and i would have preferred to see i think michael holt uh in the movie mm-hmm. uh H- hawk is so complex and there's so much to him i don't know that you can do uh do it justice with a uh a brief cameo not that there's not a lot to michael holt too but i think michael holt would have been more unique than anyone than uh than hawkman i think without doing hawkman justice um you're going to get a lot of people thinking he's some sort of falcon knockoff uh which i've seen mm-hmm. people say even though if you know the comics you know they're the only thing they have in, in common is that they have a bird motif is their uh uh is their uh, costume identity and everything else is unlikely unlike (laughs) completely unlike each other so yeah yeah. but interesting yeah i i I really i really enjoy uh the michael holt mr terrific and really hope we get him back with the uh other dimension uh uh, version of his wife paula that would be another uh i'd be all over that in a heartbeat
0: (laughs) yeah definitely fingers crossed and then everyone who would have listened will be prepared for it because you would have heard this episode and you would have heard Matt talk so wonderfully about him. So
1: It's a public service you're doing, Paul. It really is.
0: Well, I, to be fair, you've done the work. I've just <laughs> pressed the button. So it's a public service you've done. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Um, yeah, sounds like a fantastic character. Hopefully that has got people wanting to read more. Um. And even if it hasn't, hopefully it's just made you have a bit more of an understanding. And you know, you're happy with that, which is fine. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. You're That's welcome. Been amazing. Anytime. Always an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And you, sir. Um, thank you for listening. Wonderful people out there. All of Matt's wonderful things will be in the show notes. Do search them out. You can expect many more wonderful descriptions like you've just had from his podcasts he speaks about so many wonderful things seek him out you will not be sorry you did so if you would like to contact the show you can find us on twitter at Geekdom Guide. you can find a website at superdummy.co.uk slash geekguide if you want us to talk about a particular subject or you have any questions or you want us to talk to a person then send the details in there, and we will be happy to have a look. Thank you so much for listening. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for being awesome, and we will see you next time.